0: Do you dream of creating picture books that'll change a child's life? Learn how to find your voice at Picture Book Summit, a world class online conference for picture book authors and illustrators. Join us on Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, for keynotes from our award winning best selling lineup, including author illustrator Sophie Blackall, author Lisa Klein Ransom, and author illustrator Peter H. Reynolds. Don't delay. The deadline to register is September 30th. Go to slash winner. Yep, that's right. Yep, we all kind of um, support one another.
1: I mean, and even as a writer, I'm such a fan of. Um, children's books generally and my fellow authors and so i get the book, book joy too of discovering new titles my latest book crush is clean up i love the character rocket so uh, yeah there's just so much goodness out there
0: this is the children's book podcast episode number 622 i'm your host matthew winner we're on patreon at patreon.com slash matthew c winner if you want to support the show Today I'm joined by Kelly Starling Lyons. Kelly is a wonder to me. Her books live in nearly every collection of our school library. Her Jada Jones series is so well-loved that just mentioning her name in our library had students literally giddy to read her next book. She had not one but two picture books included in our mock Coretta Scott King Award last year, including Going Down Home with Daddy, a book illustrated by Daniel Minter, for which he was awarded a Caldecott honor. Kelly's newest book is called Tiara's Hat Parade, illustrated by Nicole Tagel, and it centers on a daughter's love for her mother and the heartfelt way she responds when Mama's millinery business is forced to close. We squeeze a whole lot into this one conversation, so be sure to put in a list of hold requests at your library and check out all of Kelly's books for yourself. Please welcome my guest, Kelly Starling Lyons, author of Going Down Home with Daddy.
1: Hi, I'm Kelly Starling Lyons. Um, She, her pronouns. And I am a writer whose mission is to center black heroes, celebrate family, friendship, and heritage, and show all children the storyteller they hold inside.
0: I am so grateful, Kelly, to have you in my life, and I think more importantly, in the lives of my readers, by having a presence in our library. It's so wonderful to have children know the name of an author and request more books by that author because they know your name, and so thank you for being that, for me and for our readers, and for many, many, many other readers around the country and the globe.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for what you do. You know, you uh, bring us together with the kids that we're writing for. So, so, thank you for your activism and your support and your love of books.
0: Of course. I had to check myself there for a second. I was like, wait, for my readers alone, I need to go bigger than that. (laughs) But, But that's sort of the beauty of books, isn't it? We were talking before recording about how you just don't know where your book will connect. And often it's, I think, a culmination of many, many, many little connections. You connect with one reader and then the book connects with one more reader until you just have this this web and you have enough books for um, different age groups and, and different kinds of stories that really you've got this beautiful web that overlaps in different places of children finding themselves in your stories and finding finding their experiences and and new experiences through your words and it's it's just lovely so I I don't know where you, are in relationship to your muse with how you know what to write next. I can't wait to spend the next 30 minutes talking to you about that, though. But why don't we talk first about the book that's really bringing us together today, Going Down Home with Daddy, which has a Caldecott honor sticker.
1: (laughs) Yay, Daniel Minter. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I'm so proud of Daniel and so honored that he was the illustrator. You know, we first worked together on Ellen's Broom, oh, yeah. and that was a magical book, Book too, with our editor, Stacey Barney. And to have the chance to work with him on Going Down Home with Daddy, with Peachtree, was just, you know, like uh, coming full circle. And I'm always wowed and awed by what, what he creates and um, the layers of meaning and the emotion and the power of his art. I'm so glad that it was recognized by, by the Calvacot community.
0: His work, okay, so this is going to try to describe my experience with this book and as well as uh, we were saying before recording too that that this was a book I read to literally our entire school because this book and Sing a Song were part of our mock Coretta Scott King where we take 16 picture books that uh, could be considered by by the committee and, and we do sort of a like a, I guess you would do like a bracket style, I don't know, like March Madness style competition, but by looking through the lens of the criteria of the CSK. So my students really study these books, really investigate them closely. And this book in particular felt like it was an author illustrator book. It felt like this was one person doing everything together. Your words so (laughs) beautifully worked in his art. It was, it was almost as if you must've been sitting side by side, just making this together. And I know that that's not what it is. It's just (laughs) picture book magic, Kelly.
1: Well, that's the best compliment because really, you know, when I was thinking about, um, a story about a family reunion that I wanted to do, I did have Daniel Minter in mind. Um, Spent some time on his website and tried to figure out where do our interests and ways of looking at the world intersect. And I realized we both have a strong love and appreciation for home and for heritage. And Daniel is from um, Georgia, from Ellaville, Georgia, which is a rural part of Georgia. And my husband's roots are in Conklin, Georgia. So that was another really interesting intersection. And I was thinking about a tradition of um, you know coming together and going back to where you're from, I thought about when we go when we used to go visit my husband's grandma um, on her land, and you know writing that some of the things that I would see like the cotton fields and the pecan trees and having okra at her house, those are also things that I saw were present in Daniel's art. So though we were two totally different people in two totally different places, I do think that our um, interests and our um, passion for family and for roots intersected in a um, really special way with going down home with daddy.
0: It felt—it fa- feels like in that way, from doing your research and just finding that connection that that you saw that for this book in particular, that you'd be speaking a common language, um, just coming yeah. from a common place that, that would make it not would make it easier to make this book together but really one that you both and I don't know Daniel's story uh his connection to this book but one that that feels like from what you describe you both could come from a place in your heart that that was oh, yeah. also a shared heart of this story
1: Absolutely and yeah you know, Daniel I love when he talks about the book too because he often says this is a book he was able to put the most of himself in.
0: Oh, wow. Which is
1: also true true for me. I mean, this is very much a uh, tribute to my own family reunion tradition and my grandmother taking me to land her dad owned in rural Pennsylvania, as well as going with my husband and the kids down home to Calcutt, Georgia. And just all of those sights and sounds and, you know, uh, family connections. And I also love, I think, you know, something really special Daniel brought was the uh, Dinkra symbols, which um, on my Facebook page, often periodically I turn my avatar to the one for Sankofa, which means a lot to me. It means go back and get it, like go back to the past, get some knowledge and bring it forward to the future, which is also part of my mission as a writer. And the fact that he made that such a... to read throughout the book, kind of going in and out of three different symbols to underscore, you know, kind of the deeper meaning and almost as a little bit of a foreshadowing and a hint to the reader of where the story was going. Um, You know, definitely that was a language that spoke spoke to me and I know speaks to a lot of other people as they take the time to read the art, which I do really recommend. Uh, I thank everybody for reading the story, but his art... um, deserves the time to really study it and um, kind of savor all of the special elements that he put in to make each spread shine.
0: There's so much to take in. As you're saying, you really do need to read the art. And I think the more you sit with the book, and this is, this is maybe, again, one of those beautiful marriages with your text, is that your text gives us time to sit on the spread but in that time we are also greeted with with this art to really to really dig in and chew on and I don't know which one holds tension the longest to turn that page but I felt each time like when I was reading this aloud to children no matter what class I was reading it to there was always that tension of should I turn the page yet or are they still reading? Are they still looking okay. to have an, a a, a a class of children in front of you, an audience of children looking at a book and really trying to, uh, not, not just comprehend, but more than that. to to read the illustrations was powerful. And I think that because Daniel had this striking blend of like overlaying watercolor, with these um, white sort of sometimes used as textiles, sometimes used as as uh, symbols or of plants or, or whatever. There was just, he was guiding the reader and the reader's eye while we were hearing the story. And to see that sort of command of the reader and of the reader's attention while telling the story, I think really also speaks to Hey, reader, here are details that I don't want you to miss. Come along with me and don't miss these details. Much like, I think, Kelly, the way that we're sort of paralleled with what little Alan is going through, going to this reunion, knowing that he needs to bring something to share and constantly examining the details of everyone else and of... We're arriving at this place, and these other people are bringing these things or these memories. And what am I going to bring? I think that you right. you both really are calling us to pay attention and to try to process Alan's experience while while he's stepping into this space.
1: Well, thank you so much. I mean, my hope too. You I know, mean, one of the things that I love about um, the experience of you know, having the book shared and hearing what people think about it and the connections that they've drawn is that the story and the art is so rooted in the Black experience. You know, it, it's from, you know, Daniel um, using cowrie shells on one of the chickens to the symbols that are used to the features and the hair and everything. But I but I love um, that kids and adult readers find their own um, parallel and their own connections. And to me, that that speaks powerfully to, you know, writing about who you are and where you're from and and where you're from um, in its fullness and not being worried that, you know, being true to who you are is going to exclude people. But really, you know, all of us are connected in so many ways and um, stories that are, Uh, deeply rooted show, show that, that, you know, we, we have more commonalities than we think. So that's been a, you know, kind of a special delight of mine when I hear about uh, people that are talking about their own reunions or the food that they eat or, you know, ways that they're drawing parallels with going down home with daddy in their own lives. And for kids, I do hope that like little Alan, they look around and they realize the power they have in sharing their own story you know, how that is shaped by um, their family and their experiences and their struggles and their victories. And I hope that the book helps them to come into their own power and use their own voice to celebrate who they are.
0: I I think that that space, the specificity as well as the the space for others to step in is something that every reader connects with, every reader that I read to um, connects with. I wonder, Kelly, would you mind if I shared a personal story with you that I also shared with my students? I would love that. So in in every year that we've done a, a mock CSK, um, and I've been at a couple different schools, so I was at a new school this year, every year that I've done this, whenever I've, I've worked with children, we're very intentional about looking at the CSK criteria, the Curtis Scott King Award criteria, and asking ourselves, am I qualified to judge a book in this way? Um, Can I judge a book by um, if I think the art is outstanding? I think, yes, I can. Um, As a white person, I do not feel qualified or uh, that it is appropriate for me to judge whether or not a book um, is an authentic portrayal of an african-american experience and so we we hold that space when we do this award that there will be some of you in this room that you do feel qualified to base your decision on that and there will be others that are not and we're going to hold that space um but specifically with this book in that i shared every time with them my reading of this book also brought me to a place Uh, Of a a bittersweet memory, which is that I can remember driving to Williamsport, Pennsylvania to visit my grandmother where our reunion was always held on her farm, Um, a small farm that my dad grew up on. um, And we used to visit all the time. But when we drove there for the reunion, it was different because suddenly we would drive there and the place would be packed. It wouldn't be the farm that we normally visited because now there's all these cars and now the spaces that we always go are interrupted right. by other people in this space. Um But that as my grandmother aged and we moved further away and she ultimately moved to a, a retirement home uh and then passed away, that drive and that experience of of pulling up and of her being this matriarch of our family that we all came there and we were all sharing experiences together and we all we all had a place there and the place was that we were important to her we were part of her family uh really brought me in this book in particular to to a memory that that I didn't realize was so uh so woven into my heart and into my memory of her. Uh and 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 that that was my connection with this book, which is That's which beautiful. is valid and wonderful and and also gave me that space to share with them. And and so I, I thank you for that. But I also thank you that, that this book again is it offers or invites us to share our own stories of coming together and of what we bring.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That that means a lot to, to me, and I know it went to Daniel, too. I have to also just give uh, credit to the Peachtree team, who really gave us the freedom to tell the story that was in our hearts and um, just really worked to you know, help it be the best that it could. Our editor, Kathy Landweer and the art director, Nikki. Um, they, they really worked magic with us, so it was a real collaboration, and that, that that's why picture books are, you know, probably my, my favorite genre. I just love the team effort in, you know, taking words, you know, visual storytelling, and the literary storytelling, and all coming together to make this, um, you know, book that, that kind of speaks to people at different levels, and draw different kinds of connections and pull people into another world and make them reflect on their own lives. I feel really lucky to be able to write, write stories for a living.
0: I think, I think we're all lucky that you write stories for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, book nerds. You know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share stories of how their ideas became the stories you love? Having those stories in your home, your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit matthewcwinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. I, um, I wonder if I could share some of the text from, from Going Down Home with Daddy. I, I don't want to give away what little Alan shares in the end, um, but I, I would love to read what his daddy shares right before it, if that's okay. Sure. Thank you. Um, In these tributes that they're all giving, these different items that they all brought and these these special connections that they're bringing to share, um, Daddy shares, our people were stolen from Africa and shipped to this continent in chains, Daddy says, but no one could lock away their dreams. They dreamed on this land during slavery. They dreamed on this land as they made a way out of no way and fought Jim Crow 75 years ago a farmer and a teacher bought this land daddy gazes at granny and look at us now I think that that moment really roots it as you were saying in in the black experience which is I think (laughs) if I'm speaking from my own experience, this was also especially helpful because it also reminded me that that we all come together for reunion in different ways, but our our stories, as connected as they are, are also different. And to see and value the differences as just as important as the similarities and that you give readers that, that moment as well as the beautiful beautiful moment following when Alan shares, um, I think are what make this book land in a way that you just sort of close it and let people sit with the ending. You just sit there together.
1: Thank you so much. And in, in that passage that you read, one thing that was really important to me, a lot of times when people think about black history, uh, you know, sometimes I think about it starting with slavery and it, you know, it, it did not, um, I think it's, it's, it's really important to in, intentionally call Africa, you know, uh, name it and let um, kids kids know and readers know that we have a home, that that's where we were stolen Um, So that was really important for me. And I feel like Daniel really paid homage to Africa throughout the book, too, through the symbolism and through the um, different images that he shared. So thank you for reading that, that passage, because I think it is important sometimes when we're talking about Black history, we don't look at, uh, you know, kind of a longer reach of it and, where, and yep. where it actually began.
0: Yeah. The affirmation of 75 years and look at us now, earlier when they're pulling up and, and we see those cotton fields, that, that line, I closed the book, but the line that's something like, this is our land as far as the eye can see um that, yeah. that 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 feeling of we are driving onto this land and all of this belongs to our family um was just it it i think also spoke to the the expansive history and and connection and and reach of this of this one family and of of families it was just i mean kelly yeah. the, i can't say, i'm, I'm going to just keep going on and on like this the the book was <laughs> well, to... It, it, yeah it's just um, beautiful Go um, ahead.
1: i'll mention quickly about land though is when i wrote this i was really um, concerned about making sure i didn't e- erase native people mm. as the rightful owners of all land in this nation and so I want to just uh, thank Tracy Sorrell, who read the story for me and helped help me kind of um, give the a- acknowledgement that I wanted. That though they own this land now, uh, little Allen recognized that it is native land. Um, and so, yeah, there there are those ways that I wanted to you know tell this story that was um, you know one that celebrated this Black family, but I think it was also important to not marginalize or, um, you know, render invisible someone else in telling it.
0: That's, I mean, to, to be thinking about, to be thinking about the complexity of how any of us walk this earth in relationship to anyone else and to weave those details into a story I think really also speaks to the complexity of picture books and how important it is to make sure the language is right and is accurate and is uh, honoring those that will connect with the story in whatever way because you are connecting with children at at some of their very first interactions with, with books and with art. And so, um, I appreciate you sharing Kelly about, about, uh, having Tracy look at the book as well, but also that, that work that, that you and and Daniel and the Peachtree team did to make sure things were, were as accurate as they could be. Thank you. I, um, I'm watching our time that, this is time flies. I love it. I love when time flies. It's great. But before we go, I want to make sure first all the love for Sing a Song, all the love for that oh, book. Thank you. All the thank love you for so. Keith Mallett as well was the illustrator, if I remember right.
1: Yes. Keith yeah. was amazing. Oh, my go- goodness. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous art. We played the song. There was a I can't even now that I'm I don't have it open. There was a church that made a beautiful video. One that that could have been played at a museum because it was using these archival photos and artifacts and images to go along with this song. Um, beautiful piece that I shared um, the with our readers as well. Um, that, that, yeah, you, you're just like working on working, working those books, Kelly, bringing gorgeous <laughs> books out. Holy cow. But I was going to say um, the, the, actually, let me, before I move on, would you like to say any words about sing a song for those that maybe haven't encountered the book
1: yet yeah um and i should say the 120th anniversary of the song lift every voice and sing being sung for the first time was february 12th night of uh 2020 um so we're in the 120th anniversary here and the reason why i felt so called to tell that that story um this gift that was given to us by brothers james Weldon johnson And John Rosen and Johnson, who composed the song, was able to spread and become the Black National Anthem because of children. And I think it's so important for kids to realize that they're always on the front line of movements for social justice and change. So on that day, February 12th, back in 1900, it was 500 kids who sang the song for the first time. And that song never left their heart. They grew up. They became mommies and daddies and teachers and preachers and some stayed in Jacksonville, Florida, some moved around the country and the song traveled with them. And I really wanted to pay homage to do that to the composers, but also through to these kids who drew hope and strength from the song through every phase of their life. And I think that's why it's endured for so long. It has such power that connects us through times of struggle, through looking toward the future, through celebrating victories, it gives us hope. It gives us um, faith. And so it's, it, it's been such an honor to share that song. And my favorite thing is when I go to schools and the kids know the song, or when they hear that I'm coming, the teachers teach them the song. And it just makes me, you know, um, you know, kind of have this um, special moment where it's almost like I'm putting myself back in the mindset of when the kids sang it, you know, all those years ago. and. Wow. That's really my mission with the book, to make sure that that song is known by kids today, like it was known by kids of past generations, and that it really becomes a source of strength for them, and you know, kind of centers them and grounds them in that all that they need, they already have.
0: We, I remember both with Going Down Home with Daddy, how the story ends In sort of this beautiful moment that reminded me personally of of a book by leo leone called matthew's dream about this mouse that the gathered memories for the winter um Mm. i don't want to give away the ending of the book but it's sort of alan sort of had that that beautiful moment of (laughs) of not bringing one thing but rather sort of a collection of a processing of all of the things around him and all of the people around him and and in sing a song how beautiful i wonder even when i was reading it to readers because i was reading it over and over so i sort of lost track of it for myself but for them i wonder how long it took them to realize that this is a story of passing down through generation, that then this person grew up and had a child, and then now this person singing the song here or there or at this event or at that, um, that book made. I I heard through conversations with my children, with my students, about um, how that book made them feel like they were a part of they were a part of the story a part of i think when when they were all voting for that book um right away it was because so many of them were talk were were praising keith's art and so many were saying well because it ends with us and i was like yeah i mean you're you're right it does literally end with you and now kelly you're sharing this story of going into schools and and that is is you're bearing witness to children keeping that song moving forward as well it's just it's beautiful to write a book that that ends with the the child the reader now going off and living their life. It's just neat to do it right. that way.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm. you. Yeah. It, it definitely as a result of you know, lessons that I've learned and what's been important to me. I just try to kind of be the vessel for yeah. things that I've learned over the years and to you know, kinda of, kinda of give it back.
0: All right. Before we go, let's spend some time on your most recent book because I've mm-hmm. got I've got way too many words of praise about this book in too short of time. so I'll try to make sure I don't talk too fast but your your latest book is Tierra's Hat Parade illustrated by yes. Nicole. I don't know the last name Tadjel. Yes mm-hmm. and um let's talk about this book. Kelly do you want to yeah, give
1: so- a little give a little book talk? Sure. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. You know, from when I was younger, I've always been fascinated by hats. <laughs> was, have you? you do know, you know, have hats? I, I do have hats here. <laughs> but, uh, as, a, as a kid, it was just, you know, you'd be in church and look at these, you know, majestic and um, architectural um, delights. <laughs> you know, you would kind of stare at them. Yeah. My mom was big into fashion, so she would take me to Ebony Fashion Fair, this big annual fashion show. And I would see these beautiful hats. And I remember getting my first hat when I was a teenager and feeling really powerful when I wore it. So this, you know, kind of connection to hats and appreciation for them, I wanted to write some kind of story that celebrated that. But I wanted to also speak to the tradition of um, creating hats. Um, Milliners, that's the fancy name for hat makers. There's a strong history of black milliners. And so I thought that I would make Uh, The story, one, about this little girl and her mom who's a milliner. and she makes her hats in her home. But what happens when um, the customers aren't coming as much as they used to and when the economics force her to shutter her studio, does her dream just go away? And so that's really what part of the story is. And Tiara is the one that finds a way to not only bring the dream back, but I kind of hint that that may kind of guide her future, too, as she sees herself not just wanting to play with that, but actually helping to make them. Yeah. So it's a tribute to the, you know, magic of hats in childhood and also to these, you know, this wonderful community of black and men, uh, black women and men who are making hats and making all of us feel proud and stand taller when we wear them.
0: I did... I don't know if I've read a picture book with so many like plot twists, but ones also (laughs) that felt like it didn't feel like a story you made up. It felt like, let me tell you about a thing that happened. Like it all felt natural. Like as if when you were writing, you were just asking, well, then what would happen? And now what would happen next? Like you were just answering a series of questions to have a picture book that starts off celebrating this business that mommy owns and and everyone in this town that, that loves her for these gorgeous hats that she makes. And then to have another company come in and undersell her to have it essentially start off as a picture book. Also about economics, about small businesses, about, uh, uh, about where you go after your business doesn't continue. There are a lot of, Uh, of adults that will start small businesses and having friends that have started bookstores and other small businesses, I'm aware that those statistics are pretty grim, that most small businesses will close after their first year, uh, and if not their first year, then after their first three, that it's just very, very hard to run a business. But to have in a picture book a story about, a story following what that could be like to have something that you feel like is your passion and is your calling and to have that taken away. And how does a child, how does a child process that happening to, to an adult when in some ways we adults, we parents have this role of, of trying to trying to model stability for our children. What do you do? It just, it was so complex and beautiful. I just um, oh, I just you. hadn't read
1: anything like it ever before, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like I said, in, in all my books, I try to really make sure kids um, are centered in their full power. And I wanted Tiara to be this um, problem solver, this agent of change. And it's not just for Mama, though. That's the primary thing. It's also for her. Like, she gets so much joy from being with Mama in the hats and, you know, modeling for the ladies who come to the shop. And when that's gone, you know, we can feel the loss for Mama, but I really wanted you to feel the loss for Tiara, too. It's really part of their family. I think Nicole's art really brought that emotion across so well. There's a particular scene that I love when Tiara is kind of sneaking into her mom's studio, which she has shut and says that no one's supposed to go in there anymore, and she tries on one of the hats that she loves. And it's just a still moment. Yes. And the that hat kind of sparkles, And that's like magic to me. So that's one of my favorite illustrations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. M- Mom's in the doorframe leaning and we're sort of seeing like chin down and eyes looking up toward the girl. And mm-hmm. she's got, I mean, she's just, I feel like Nicole understands all of the characters in this book. She has oh. um, styled all of them. They're all wearing jewelry and, Earrings and have um, these beautiful dresses on, and they're all posing. We're getting what feels like photographs of moments. She really has right. a sense of 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 occupying a moment. It's really exceptional work.
1: Another thing, I don't know if people realize, but a connection between going down there with Daddy and Tiara's fabric. And I had nothing to do with this. Nicole put the Sankofa symbol on Mama's skirt in some of the scenes. So I love that, that it's another kind of whisper to go back and get it. Like everything you need is there. Um, You know, draw, you know, um, reach deep into who you are and find strength in your history. So I love how she also played with symbolism to kind of be this uh, drumbeat um, to push the story forward.
0: Well, to have it to have this be a story of a girl who believes in her mom and in her craft and in the joy that her her craft brought others and to have to have a mom find another job and to carry on and 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 a family who who says we'll we'll, we'll find ways to make things work but also this daughter who has oh this ending is so good to have this daughter find a way to bring back together all of those who've been touched by her mom and and her mom's passion was um i i i feel as a parent that it was just one of these for me one of these moments of of look how children are constantly holding a mirror back up to ourselves in the way that they live their lives and, and the way that they show the fingerprints that we've put all over them. It was just, it was just a wonderful story. And you and Nicole together, I think have communicated so much in, in, in looking so closely at, how we are in relationship to one another, how we lift each other up, how we affirm one another and and our strength to keep going or to be one another's strength.
1: Mm, th- yeah, thank you so much. Um, this the story also gave me a chance to um, celebrate Black donors people haven't heard of. So the back matter, I was really grateful for Albert Whitman giving us space to um, share my own story about hats, but also um, pay homage to three trailblazing Black women milliners. So I hope that, you know, maybe after kids read the story, they're inspired to not just play with the hats, maybe make some hats themselves.
0: Yeah. You're talking, of course, about Mae Reeves, Mildred Blount, Mm -hmm. and Vanilla Bean. You're right to have the... Yeah. To have that there, to have... I feel like what what I'll be doing with students when we read this book for our CSK this year will be let's look at hats. Let's look at these wow. fantastic and fabulous hats and and yeah. And I should
1: tell you too that Vanella Bean is still living. She lives in Washington DC and her oh, she's close, is close to us. Still, operation still in operation. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you
0: said that. We the will go our... Go ahead, I'm okay. sorry.
1: I was going to say, because the book came out during the pandemic, we weren't able to have a live launch party. So I did a virtual hat parade, which was so much fun. People posted photos on social media wearing their hats. But the culmination was us having a virtual tour with Vanilla Bean of Vene Millinery, which was amazing. Wow. (laughs) I I had known from... every day, and it's just so cool.
0: That's wild. I had known from reading the back of the book that that some of her hats are in the national museum of african-american history and culture which i mean we won't be her. we won't be going there because of covid but um the smithsonian does such a great job of sharing their artifacts online so i had hope that well we could pull those images up and and look at those artifacts but to know that her her shop her millinery is still there is
1: is amazing <laughs> Yeah, you can go to her website. Her We will. Um, oh, we will. Her <laughs> granddaughter has everything, you know, um up, up up to date. You can see some of her hats and but it was really magic to hear her kind of talk about her hats and it's kind of like it's almost like a skeleton over her um, you know, glorious design. She really doesn't have um formal training. But it all comes from you know, studying on on her own and coming from her heart. And it's just such a gift. So that that was a real treat to get time to talk with her and see her um, shop through Zoom. We had about, I think about 15 people were on and we all got to talk with her and look at her hat. So
0: when that was- does that happen? When does that happen <laughs> that we're having a book launch and we get to go into a yeah. store of, of a famed, millinery and and just it just when does that happen there are these little (laughs) moments that are that while this is a challenging time we can see little pepperings of of opportunities we just wouldn't have had otherwise so so um i'm so grateful that 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 got to be a moment that, that that you got to have i'm so grateful kelly just that that you're making books that you took time aside from your day to come talk to me. Thank you. Thank you for all of this. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to share your books and, and your life and your voice with my children, with my students, with all of our readers. Thank you so much for our time together.
1: Well, thank you for having me and you know, thank you for all that you do. It's so important, you know, I became a writer by being a strong reader. So you're really, you know, giving children wings and helping them find their own voice through the authors that you're introducing them to. So thank you for doing that.
0: The pleasure is all mine. And thinking of those children, why don't we end this way? Kelly, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
1: Yes. When I go into schools, I often um, talk with kids about what it takes to be a writer, and everybody has their own set of qualities. But for me, there are really three. One, you have to work hard, keep writing, keep revising. Um, two, you have to have creativity. So you let your imagination soar. But the third one, I think is the most important for writing and in life. You have to have faith. So no matter what, believe in yourself. Your your story matters. Your life, your, your life matters. And we need your voice.
0: The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at MatthewCWinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed.